Hello, thank you for listening to Every Teacher Counts, a podcast exploring 18 years of experience in public education, pedagogy, instructional strategies, and just thoughts. My name is Stephanie Horvath Smith, and if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to contact me at don'tcallmesteph1 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, and thank you for those of you that are taking the time to listen once again to the podcast. Again, my name is Stephanie Horvath-Smith, and I'm really excited to be sharing my thoughts and experiences on education with you. And the topic of today's podcast is going to be uh, professional development with your own colleagues. You know, who in your building or your district or your school system do you have that you can share ideas with, that you can bounce ideas off of? And sometimes it can be really unexpected. And what I really want to talk about today is the bridge between elementary and secondary schools. Because I'm lucky enough to work in a school where we have grades 4 through 8. So we have teachers who are teaching grades 4 through 5 on one half of the building. And then through some pretty secure locked doors, we have our middle schoolers, 6, 7, and 8. And I'm sometimes amazed at the difference at the way classrooms are run and the expectations the students are held to. Because I was lucky enough in the fall, before the change of the new year, to co-teach with some teachers. And one teacher that I co-taught with was one of the fifth grade teachers. And that was really fun for me because I have a daughter who's in fourth grade. And it was really exciting to be able to come home and talk to her about what was happening in our elementary school. And it also was eye-opening because I primarily work with secondary teachers. And sometimes secondary teachers, especially teachers of sixth graders, tend to still think of them as babies or as needing a lot of hand-holding and yes they're still children and it's a big transition to middle school but I'm talking about things like being responsible for their own supplies and passing papers and being held accountable for being ready for their own learning and so to contrast these two very different experiences that I had was eye-opening in terms of my own learning but really I want my teachers with whom I work to have conversations with each other because I really think that it would help my secondary teachers to know what the strategies that the elementary school teachers are using and the expectations that they're setting for the students who are going to be going into our middle school and then vice versa for the secondary teachers to share with the elementary teachers what some of the requirements of their classes are and and explore how they're treating the same child differently in different grades. So I'm going to start with the sixth grade teacher because that is sort of the experience that I had first. I was in there and the teacher has done a a job of, of establishing relationships with the kids and setting the purpose for learning. But I noticed that this particular teacher was the one doing all of the work in terms of passing out the papers. One at a time, passing out papers. And there were three or four that were used in the lesson. And then collecting materials, one at a time, the kids brought the stuff up. And when I looked back at how much instructional time was lost to this sort of housekeeping, it added up to about five to ten minutes total between the students getting out of their seats, moving, turning to one another, making sure they had everything, walking one at a time up to the teacher. Because it was about two minutes per incident times four. So that was at least eight minutes. And and that doesn't account for the rustling and the shuffling and the, the talking that happens while the teacher's talking to one student and the rest of the class. And so roughly, you know, eight to 10 minutes of instructional time. 
which is a good chunk of time. That's enough time to do a formative assessment. That's enough time to do an engaging hook. That's enough time to do a summary. You know, that, that's a good chunk of an instructional period. And so in a conversation with this teacher, I questioned sort of asking her to reflect on the procedures for distribution of materials. Um, I asked her to tell me about it, and I really wanted to explore the thought process of why in December the teacher was still doing all of the the distribution. And she had a reason, and, you know, it, it was sound, and it's her classroom, and she gets to run it the way she wants to. And so then contrasted that with the very next week, I was in a fifth grade teacher's classroom, and I walked in, and the students were already doing their warm-up. All the teacher had done was place an envelope, several envelopes, in the center of the desk. And the students had gotten them. The directions were posted up on the projector. And the kids were doing it. And there wasn't a lot of shuffling. The teacher was sort of circling around the room, facilitating where needed, answering questions where needed, redirecting where needed. But the students had gotten into a habit of knowing, okay, this is my warm-up and this is what I have to do. And then when they transitioned after reviewing the answers to needing to get their computers and textbooks, the students got up, got their stuff, got back to their seats. Meanwhile, the teacher was taking attendance or I think at that point the teacher was involved with redirecting a student who was choosing to not be compliant. And the teacher had that opportunity because the rest of the class was engaged in getting their materials. And within three minutes, the students were ready for the directions and the modeling that needed to happen, and then they were on their own. And it, the difference in the environment and the expectations was drastically different. Now, I know that elementary teachers teach the same children roughly either the entire day if they don't switch subjects or for half the day. So they have a much smaller class list. They tend to have much more intimate relationships in terms of knowing the kids than a middle school teacher. I get it. I was a secondary teacher. But what was shocking was the difference in even the attitude of the students when they were given self-authority and self-regulation in their elementary classroom versus when they were called one by one up to get a paper or to turn a paper in in their secondary classes. And that for me really begged a conversation. And that hasn't happened yet because with the holidays and I'm recording this on January, I believe it's January 8th. And so I've really been chewing this over because as, as the one who designs the professional development in the school, I really want to capitalize on this unique situation that we have. But, but what it really led me to think about was asking teachers on a reflective basis, you know, what are your students responsible for on their own in your classroom? How have you designed procedures and systems to allow them to have autonomy to free you up to do the instruction. What does the layout of your classroom look like to allow for transportation, to allow for distribution of materials? Um, and if you have an answer to I don't know, then I would really encourage you and any of my teachers to look more deeply. Because if you don't know, right then and there, the students don't know. And if the students don't know, you're operating in a quasi-chaotic environment. 
And some students do very well in a chaotic environment. Some adults do very well. But then you have the learners who need order and need structure and need silence. And you are definitely not meeting their needs. And so I am a huge proponent of self-reflection. I think there are a million ways in education to proverbially skin the cat, you know, to get to the objective, to teach the standard, to do the assessment. We're given curricular materials, we're given state standards, but we all know that there are ways to spice it up, to differentiate, to use different methods of delivery, different modes. There are also a million different ways to structure the organization of responsibility and hierarchy in your classes. And so if you are experiencing disruptions to learning, if you are experiencing classroom management struggles, if you're dissatisfied with the amount of time the transitions take, those are data points that you're analyzing on your own. You might not realize that you're analyzing data, but if you're kind of grumbling or not happy with the way certain things are going, clearly you've looked at information and done some analysis. And so I would encourage you Number one, if you have planning time, to walk around the building and just see what other teachers are doing. Because sometimes getting out of your own space, out of your own classroom, and looking at what your colleagues are doing can be eye-opening in terms of, wow, I never thought to use folders in that way. I look at the way that bulletin board is set up. Or, oh my goodness, I never thought to use my bookshelf as a reading nook or what have you. And so really, you know... Pinterest is huge, especially with elementary teachers. I know secondary teachers use it too, but those are still lifes. Those aren't actual classrooms that you can go out of a door and walk into another door and experience. So make your own Pinterest walk. Go and see what your colleagues are doing. Talk to your friends who are teachers and ask them, how do you organize? Can you post pictures? Because we're at that time of year where it is okay to start over. It's January. But frankly, the thing I love about education is we're a career where in the middle, on the 2nd February of February, we can say, you know what, we're going to try something new. Now, I'm not saying you should try something every single Tuesday. And I'm also not saying that when you try something, you shouldn't stick with it to, to get the results taught. But there's absolutely opportunities to tweak systems. And if anything, it teaches kids problem solving when you talk to them about, hey, this has not been going well, or what are your thoughts on how much time we're losing, and have that sort of metacognitive conversation with the students. And so one easy, quick thing that you can do is just look around you. Open your eyes, get out of your own space. And that's what I mean about having colleagues with whom you can work. Is there someone that, even if they're a different teaching a different content, a different grade level, you have entirely different teaching styles, but you've either heard from the kids that they're strict or there's order or something, because you can usually pick up from students what's happening a little bit in other teachers' classroom. It always made me really proud when teachers would come to me and say, hey, they were really, the kids are sort of complaining about you being strict or complaining about you holding them accountable because they knew I'd been doing my job, but then they would also, that would open doors to conversations of, hey, what are you doing in your class and what are some of the strategies? And then, you know, I would do the same if I heard about an interesting lesson that the kids were really excited about. I tried my darndest to get into that teacher's classroom to find out what they were doing. What was that particular teacher doing to generate that conversation? And so there are colleagues working in your own building that can really help strengthen 
your own teaching. You can also use them as examples of what not to do, examples of how you don't want to implement procedures or you don't want to be seen by the kids. We all know that that happens. We all know that there are teachers that are so different from ourselves that we're like, whoo, and sometimes seeing a counterexample can be just as powerful. So get out of your own classroom and and look around. Uh, Go for a Pinterest walk. Um, And then number two, If you have a team leader or someone teaching the same content as you, try your darndest, if you don't have co-planning time, to even electronically share files, whether it be through Google Drive or Microsoft Office 365 or through your computer system. You know, we have a shared drive that we can all access materials. But sometimes seeing the same concept in a different worksheet or organized into a different assessment or an objective that's written in a different way can really help. Now, you have to be willing to contribute as well. Don't just be a taker. Be willing to share your files, your materials, your links, whatever it is, and then find a colleague with whom you can work. Or I know we just switched to a new learning management system where count teachers from across the county have access to the same folders and the same resources. If you are a lone teacher, if you're the only art teacher, the only music teacher, the only gym teacher, and the only third grade teacher, whatever it happens to be, or the only Spanish teacher or French teacher, you know, reach out through your learning management system or contact your curricular office. You know, how are ways that I can electronically collaborate with my colleagues so that I can see what's happening in their classroom? Don't allow your physical isolation to supersede collaboration because those are really dangerous positions to be in anyway because you tend to feel alienated you tend to feel isolated you tend to feel unable to reach out and you might not have someone right there that you can just walk in and vent to about content and so foster those relationships and if you don't know how to do that talk to an administrator talk to an instructional specialist talk to a veteran teacher try to find out what your district has um You know, I know I've done that for some of my teachers. I've reached out to other instructional coaches in other buildings with similar populations and been able to set up relationships for teachers in my building. And so don't allow the isolation to enshroud you and, and to pull you down. And so, you know, if you can't do it in person, reach out electronically. And then finally, try to find, if you can, someone that you know that is a spectacular teacher of a different level. Whether it's your child's elementary school teacher or if you are an elementary school teacher and you have a child who's older, one of their secondary teachers, and either see if you can go and observe them and get permission to go and just sort of be in that environment and see what's happening or or have those conversations about how do you set up expectations. And as a third grade teacher, what do you hold your students accountable? Because if they're being held more accountable in third grade than in your seventh grade science class, you need to be having a conversation with yourself because if, if littler kids, if younger kids are being held to more responsibility than the older students, then we're really setting our secondary students up for failure. For when they go on to high school or when they go on to college or they go on to the real world, if they're, they're, they're not going to have their hands held. And again, if you're in a middle school, reach out to the high school. Try to find out what are the expectations or just some of the programs so that your meaning the kids at their right developmental level and you're also helping prepare them for the next and you're not selling them short you're not holding them to the level to which they could be held to be successful consumers of education and more than that contributing members of your educational community and so I encourage you to have those conversations do lesson studies videotape go all out as far as you can but if you want to start um, simple 
get out of your own space, look around your own hallways, have email conversations, and just start talking about teaching with colleagues. I hope that this has given you some ideas on how to reflect on teaching, and if you do anything spectacularly different that you think others would benefit from, please shoot me an email at don'tcallmestef1 at gmail.com. Thank you.